0: Because you can't, you won't, and you don't stop, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Football Ramble. World Cup qualification is underway, and Mitro is among the goals. It's Thursday, 24th of March. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Eddie Russell. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the bloody World Cup qualification is underway, Jim Campbell. Yes. Isn't can it? you feel it I can feel it because obviously the pandemic has truncated football
1: mm-hmm. so much and moved the calendar around and like the World Cup's next Christmas <laughs> like that snuck up isn't it like yes it's really weird it, it is, well in it it two is really Christmases weird. time well, yeah, very good point. Yeah, next year's Christmas. Next,
0: saying the words, it's the next. is a bit of a weird quirk of the English language, isn't it? Yeah, because I knew what you meant. You, you don't mean this Christmas. You mean next. Yeah, one. but you're
1: right, and I hadn't considered that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's next year's Christmas, and it's the World mm. Cup, and the qualifiers are now on the Euros as soon as it's, it's all a big mess, but a good one. Yeah,
2: it's, it's close to the World Cup for the qualifiers to start. It really is. But listeners, you can sense mm-hmm. Marcus's excitement whenever we're talking about international football. Yeah, I mean, he always does a rousing intro to the show. <laughs> but he also did a smashy and nicey Backman-Turner overdrive <laughs> yeah. and signal as we started to say, let's rock, ladies and gentlemen. It's international football.
0: He's <laughs> absolutely glad. The last time... Involuntary, it, I suspect. It, oh, it was a bit of both. A bit of both. Can it, it be a bit of both? Uh, I like to... Well, <laughs> in, in that, in that um, I, like to give the, uh, I like to give the illusion that I wasn't paid for it, whereas, of course, I was. Okay. Um, yes, uh, because last Tuesday, Jim, we had very little football to talk about and mm. now we've got international football. Got all of it, my goodness. Yeah. Well, not quite England yet, but it has tonight. That's, oh, come on. Three points against San Marino. Ooh, let's not jinx it. Save, um, save the
2: best bit for last, Marcus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, Belgium played Wales. Uh, the Welsh lost 3 1, of course. It was the first time since that famous Euro 2016 quarter final. Belgium finally got their revenge, Jim, with, with their own three-one win. Yeah, well, it looked like
1: you know Wales might yeah. might might have a little dig at them there. That what a wonderful lovely goal, goal mm. to open the scoring from Harry Wilson! Uh-huh. A beautiful, beautiful bit of teamwork there, wasn't
0: it? it, just it was, what is it? what is Welsh for Barcelona? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the Barcelona Britain—they're going to be called from there. It, it
2: was magnificent, wasn't it?
0: It was. It was an absolute peach. Um, but it was a shame that they then when I lost 3-1 because that goal sort of gets slightly forgotten so we want to honour that goal today mm. ladies and gentlemen and that's the honouring over um, so yes uh, Gareth Bale was, was involved he got the assist he said it was nice to get away from club football <laughs> Just, <laughs> he doesn't
1: care does he Bale
0: oh, but he's, he's, he's worked him. very hard to be fair at club football he, he looked yeah.
2: like he was having a super time though it was yeah. nice he was all smiley he had that scissors kick that could have been an equaliser yeah. in the second half
0: is he, the, is he sort of Michael Owen territory in that he plays for Wales but he kind of is like almost like loaned out to his club, you know, like with yeah. Owen when he would he would play more times for England than Newcastle United.
1: It's like the opposite of Ryan Giggs, isn't it? As well? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. They finally got one. Yeah, and also I should clarify that
1: when I say that Gareth Bale doesn't care, I don't mean about sport. I mean just about the, the rigmarole of like of of doing interviews where you say nothing. Mm. He does. He doesn't. He doesn't do that, does he? He's yeah. just like yeah. I'll-
0: I'll go back to Madrid in a year. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, that's very blunt. It's what well, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the deal and no doubt they'll welcome me with open arms. Yes. Is my...
2: I, I I really loved the the guy's discussion on the show about it yesterday. But the, the, the first thing that occurred to me is he's 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 dumping them before they can dump him.
1: Yeah, mm. maybe. Surely, maybe.
2: because as, as Luke was saying, there's no Real way for it to to happen without some major financial gymnastics. Yeah. The the one thing I did love that, mm-hmm. that that wasn't mentioned yesterday, and um, we don't we don't really get bogged down in this, is the headline in Ass. Uh, I think Sid Lowe tweeted it out where it said, um, "Bail threatens to come back."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That, that, yeah. <laughs> Unless uh, yeah, they do something drastic, he's coming back to collect all his monies. Exactly. exactly. Oh, Andy, blimey O'Reilly. Uh, sad news for, or oh, news rather, sad happenings for, for Joe Allen. Forced off after just seven yeah. minutes. First international start since 2019. That was a shame, uh, of course. But Belgium, they've got quality. We know this. And Kevin De Bruyne has stepped up with a lovely one. And Romelu Lukaku scored his 58th international goal. That's unbelievable. Yeah, incredible, isn't it? 58 international goals. Yeah. Not good enough for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United. Apparently though. not.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been playing since he was very young, though. Wasn't it? Um, and playing like at a high level since mm-hmm. he was very young, so it kind of makes a bit more sense. But still, it's impressive stuff. I mean, that's a phenomenal international.
2: You know player. what else he's doing? He's removing prejudices about left-footed penalty takers, <laughs> which I think exists simply because so few of the population are, are left-footed. I thought Stuart
0: Pearce did that, Andy, back in '96.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> people who are in Turin in 1990 might disagree with you. It's it's, it's not about never missing a pen, is it? But mm. I, I think that. The way he takes it, mm-hmm. I can't think of someone I'm. I'm so convinced he's going to score a penalty at the moment, apart from maybe Neymar, mm-hmm. who has a similar kind of false element to the run-up.
0: Yes, I see what you mean. Oh, Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, but he's he's missed a few this season, isn't he? Only one. Harry Kane as well. You put him down as a good penalty taker? Yeah, sure. Okay, all right,
2: all, all right. List right. all your favorite yeah. penalty yeah, I mean, takers. Go how on. long is this going to take? Well, I'm just, <laughs> just
0: disproving Andy Russell's, uh
2: little theory there. It's, it's, well, I'm talking about left-footed penalty takers. And, and you've, you've started bringing it on to Bruno Fernandes. But no, no, you carry on. You start bringing up Matt Letitia. Go on,
1: poison the world.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, because Lionel Messi, he's Mr. Right, a I'm going to get a cup of
1: tea. Do you want anything? <laughs> Who takes the pens for Arsenal? Um, Aubameyang takes them yeah. often. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: there we are. It's Lacazette sometimes. Um, uh, Inter, Inter's nutritionist revealed that he had to wean Romelu Lukaku off some bad dietary habits from his days at Manchester United which includes pizza with pineapple. Mm. Now I, is that that's just uh, you it... know what the bloody hell are you putting pineapple on a pizza yes, that's that just an italian boring <laughs>
1: age old debate isn't it? Um, <laughs> that, well it's, it's anyone it's on a dating not, app will be bored of seeing. It's definitely
2: not flying in northern italy is it? I wouldn't have thought
1: so. No no no. no, no. no. yeah.
2: I mean there's there's that twitter account isn't it? Italians mad at food <laughs> where uh, they they sort of judge your uh, Tuna carbonara and stuff. Yeah. Oh I mean, anyone who's
0: making tuna carbonara should be judged, to be clear. No, I'd give it a go. Um, but, what, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what do we think of Belgium then, Andy? You know, we know this is a talented side. Do you put them as, as one of the favourites for, say, the Euros, despite this being a World Cup qualifier? How highly do you rate them?
2: I, I, I do rate them, but I think we've spent so long thinking of them as a, mm-hmm. a side to watch for the future. Yeah. This, this is this generation's last chance. Yeah. Of course, Lukaku's a little bit younger than that. Um, but, you know, you look at Aldo Varel, Azar, if he he makes it. Although Torgan mm-hmm. scored last night, yeah. of, of course, the crucial second goal. Um, so I, th- I think they deserve to be mentioned uh, amongst the favourites. But there's a lot of pressure on this. And they do have a recent history in the Euros, or particularly when we're thinking of Wales, of fluffing golden opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but then the
0: World Cup, though.
2: Yeah, they were excellent against Brazil in the quarter. Yeah, And it was a bit of a deflating... Semi exit, yeah, but that
0: front, front side, it just it was a grind out that result. You know, mm-hmm. you can't blame them for losing one yeah. 0 but,
1: but this is what they've got to overcome, though,
0: isn't it? They they've, as, as you say, Andy, like, it, but France were it, the best it, side. I mean, annoyingly because of the the style. Of course, although they did have that great game against Argentina, but we're saying they were just pipped, yeah, by France in the semi. But I think because of that, there's
1: perhaps. There's a lot of pressure on Belgium to, to deliver on this generation. But there's also maybe a little bit of an inferiority complex because precisely because they haven't managed to deliver before. So it's, there's pressure from all sides on them. Mm. it would be really interesting to see see how they do because they've got to overcome it at one point or perhaps this is it for a, a while. Yeah. yeah Although, that I mean, said, they've become one of those teams
0: with a production line of talent, so... That's true. But mm. I mean, Wales themselves, you know, Bale said that he'd love a shot at the World Cup. Of course they would. Mm. You know, we don't remember their exploits in 2016. Um, they didn't make it to World Cup uh, 2018. Um, but so, yeah, not a great start. But I mean, losing away, they've got their hardest game out of the way. Exactly. You, you could say it like that. Um, might I just point you in the, in the direction of uh, former Wales striker Robert Earnshaw? Yes. Who's. Twitter observations are quite something, ladies and gentlemen. I would employ you to, to to check that out. On Friday he wrote, What if plants and trees are actually farming us, giving us oxygen till we eventually decompose and they can consume us? I love this. <laughs> See a lot of a lot of people <laughs> like are replying to him going, Oh yeah, I
1: remember my first beer. And like making jokes that aren't actually their own <laughs> that they've heard someone else say, thinking that they're funny. Um but I, I think that's Rob Ownshaw's got then. a future. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rob Ownshaw's got a future as a sort of Mitch Hedberg Adam Hess style comedian. Do you think just he's like, aware just, of it? I,
0: I, I don't think that matters as long as people as long <laughs> as long as it's funny. But that just stick him on a stage? I mean they're laughing, yeah. I suppose they're enjoying it. Exactly. Mm. Did he not tweet something like Um, the hospital in which you're born and is it the only hospital that you leave but don't actually enter or yes. something? A it's, wonderful observation. Exactly,
1: he's got loads of them. And it's, it's, he raises a valid point about trees as well. Like, mm. I sometimes worry that plants can feel and you have to think about what you know. What would that if we learn that about the world? You don't would, slag them off when you walk past them. Well, you you might hurt them as you step on the grass. You know, maybe mm. trees feel it as you knock them down. Yes. Like knock them down, chop them down. Um, How many trees are you chopping down? Well, I'm not doing it, but, but, but I am aware it happens. But Lumberjack like, if we if we discovered there. for a fact that yeah. trees feel pain, we'd be like, oh god, what we. How, how does society adjust to that? So I'm At interested in Rob Earnshaw's thinking. Care. I'm interested in Earnshaw's, think, Earnshaw's thinking and uh, let's have more of it, is All what I'm right. saying. All
2: right. I think you've got to the point where you've watched everything on Netflix and you're now on YouTube footage of Day of the Triffids. You might be
0: right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there we are. do uh, rabbit holes on there. Wales <laughs> faced Czech Republic next Wednesday who beat Estonia 6-2 and Tommy Suchek scored a perfect hat-trick. <laughs> What a season he's having. He can't stop, can he? It's brilliant. He's absolutely phenomenal. He just picked up the men's Czech footballer of the year award yesterday as well. A lovely old time he is having.
2: Mm. That would be something, wouldn't it, if, if another great Czech team emerged.
0: Oh, wouldn't that you know, be cause, brilliant? Because
2: they really should have won Euro 2004. And it's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's quite easy to forget that. Mm.
0: Well, hopefully they won't beat England in these Euros, Andy. So we don't want them to peak too... <laughs> too, is what I mean. um, but Serbia beat Ireland three two, and uh, it was all about Alex Mitrovic. Mm. Uh, Mitro, he, he scored two lovely goals coming off the bench. That first one, that yeah. first Delicious. goal, I mean, it was glorious. You'd be hard pressed to find a better goal in the international break. I think.
2: Did Did anyone else get feel a bit angry off the back of that goal because it's just a, a sort of shot into the player that he could be?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But never will be. International football and the championship is where that... No, international yeah. qualifying and the championship is where that man does his best work.
1: But it's like, in the Premier League, he looks like a sort of... Just a really immobile kind of plodder, doesn't he? Mm. But then unleash him in, on those stages and he's just got so much more to his game. And I think you look at the start of that game where um
2: Dragan Stojkovic, who's the coach there now, mm-hmm. does the right thing. He starts... Uh, Dusan Vlaovic who's been playing really well mm-hmm. for Fiorentina scores a great goal Lovely to, to equalise mm-hmm. and you think right it's, it's all over for Mitro now <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> this, this is the end of his oh, international no. career and then he pulls that out the back he's so contrary oh he yeah. is well, and, he? And,
0: and, and those two goals means that he's um, Serbia and Yugoslavia's all time um, goal scorer uh, he's got the all time goal scoring record with 38 goals in 62 matches and that scoring record has been untouched for 65 years It's a phenomenal achievement. It is
2: amazing. But what I particularly enjoyed about this game is where you had a Mitrovic winning it at one end of the pitch. You had Mm -hmm. Stefan Mitrovic, Mm -hmm. the Strasbourg defender, trying to lose it at the other game of the pitch. (laughs) Like he he made the mistake that led to Ireland's second goal. Um, It could have given away a penalty. Um, for what was what was a foul. I mean, it was so obviously mm. a foul because he turned around and looked at the referee with a really worried face <laughs> after having made it. And the, and the ref gave, it, gave a corner anyway. But of course, we've got no VAR, which is... You didn't I, need it though, did you? I know, I know we've spent a lot of time, well, as a, as a footballing society, we've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time complaining about VAR. But then you had that going against Ireland. You had the... Amazing Antoine Griezmann goal for France mm-hmm. against um, Ukraine. Ukraine that should have been disallowed for an offside against Pavar in, in, in the in the in the build-up. Mm-hmm. So you kind of realise how much it's part of our our fabric. Mm, yeah. I'd be interested to know if people are more annoyed by those errors or if like yeah, they still rather I th- I ditch think, VAR.
1: I think people have short memories on that because it there were mistakes that cost goals or cost teams goals. Yeah. All the time, like all the time. It was was why VAR came in because it was becoming untenable, it Mm -hmm. felt, because obviously the game's so fast now and et cetera, et cetera. And it was, you know, VAR is annoying in a different way. But overall, I think more decisions are correct now. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it needs improving as well. But it is, um, you know, it, it was really annoying without it as well.
0: Yeah, I don't. For me, it's the sort of celebration. If you think a goal is yeah. perfectly fine, and then it takes away the sort of That's pattern really which was a, which was a strong argument from people beforehand.
2: I mean, I mean, the real question is: Do you need VAR when a defender commits a foul and turns around and looks well, at I, the referee
0: with a really worried face? Indeed, yeah. <laughs>
2: just take the hint, mate. Well, Come on, but
0: just but just think about it though. When Ireland scored their first goal since last September, which was a drought stretching back seven matches. Now, there was nothing wrong with that goal as far as I could see. You know, there was been no sort of VAR. But, but just say, you know, with Stephen Kenny's celebration on the touchline. That's what I mean. If yeah. that's wiped off through VAR, like a really like a toenail offside or yeah. something like that, that's where I go, oh, they, you want to see that. But they scored, they lost, of course. It was a difficult game away to Serbia, um, but not a great start. Ireland and and you know you, you lose your first game you're sort of up against it a bit so we'll see how they um, get on because they're in a group with Portugal mm. and you you always want to play Portugal first in the group because there's usually three points or, or, yeah. or a poor Portuguese performance slow they slow start they do tour, like though. to
2: create a bit of difficulty for themselves they at they qualification level well,
0: and they tried their best by beating Azerbaijan only one nil so Azerbaijan <laughs> was still in the game all the way um, but it was it was a fairly comprehensive one nil. Uh, in uh, <laughs>
2: gifted to them by a ridiculous own goal, oh,
0: Gordon Bennett. <laughs> um, but you know that's uh, yeah, three points nonetheless. Um, the game was played in uh, Turin, of course, um, not Portugal. It was a bit of a strange one, having Portugal as a Azerbaijan. But Cristiano Ronaldo convinced the Portugal national team to move their training base to his home city of Turin for this international. Of course break. he did. Of
1: course he did. In his own personal stadium. <laughs>
0: This, I mean, this did allow Bruno Fernand and other Premier League um, players who play for the Portugal national team to avoid Portugal's own travel restrictions. Um, uh, but yes, uh, but he reportedly pushed to bring the game, yeah. uh, the last night's game against Azerbaijan to Juventus's Alianza Arena. He'll be on Is the it... phone to
1: UEFA going, can we just do the Euros in, in Turin? <laughs> <laughs> what Is about
0: Madeira? It... <laughs> <his> home... <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: Is it a little bit like when a teenager borrows gets, gets the keys and gets the run of the, the family home while the parents go away like because it's international yeah. break? And he's just, uh, yeah, I'm just going to have a few mates over. It's like, it's like a Facebook party, isn't it? Staging an international yeah. match.
0: I think it's more the friend who says, yeah, if, if, if you want to hang out today, you have to come over here because I'm not leaving. Yeah. And everyone <laughs> just goes around there. I mean, and they it's... do it every time. <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable. But they're there and they won one nil. Uh, elsewhere in qualifying Turkey beat the Netherlands 4-2 in perhaps the game uh, of, uh, of Wednesday evening it was brilliant yeah although it couldn't live up to the Guardian's
1: report of it because their live score was counting every goal twice and also every yellow card twice which would have ended with an 8-4 win to Turkey with them having four men sent off and the Dutch one man sent it off with presumably a double penalty save as well. So I mean, the game was good, but it it does not live up to what the Guardian said. We, we only
2: re- we only really discovered hmm. this, didn't we? When uh, Jim put something in the in, in the group saying Turkey are winning six 0 <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was like, I can't. I think it's only three. Like, I, I'm, I, so I'm sort of waiting, thinking a three goals going to like in serious quick succession about I, I to go was, in.
2: I was thinking my stream was falling off the yeah. cliff here. <laughs>
0: I, was, yeah, I just, just thought this is like that game when Lewandowski scored like five goals in four minutes yes. like, well, are we going to have like that situation but no it was just a double reporting which must have made it terribly exciting for you yeah it was great maybe that's the way to we do, it. do it
1: when I actually turned the game on it was despite being a brilliant game it was really disappointing
0: yeah well Yilmaz it turns out he only scored a hat trick uh, yes. he didn't get the six that uh, you were sort of told to, he did. to be fair 70 years old though <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. 35 years young uh, what a man Andy his goal-scoring record, just having a little glance of it over over the years, in the, the last sort of ten years,
2: has been pretty damn good. It, it feeds into my theory of as time goes by, uh, with improved fitness and diet, mm-hmm. strikers just get better. The best strikers get better in yeah. their thirties. I mean, he's a better player now at thirty-five than he was at thirty-one. Mm. You know, there's there's, there's absolutely because, no question in, about that. In
0: theory, you know, you, your intelligence as a footballer, you know, you see more, you experience more, so it should get a bit better. I mean, how many times do you hear people say, "Ah, oh, you know, I, I wish I had this intelligence, you know, on the football pitch when I was, say, 21 when you had the fitness and so on? So if you can, keep the fitness going and you can find a way. Oh, God,
1: does this mean Erling Haaland's going to be terrorising us till he's 50? I... I... <laughs> Uh, the
0: mind simply <laughs> boggles Jim. Uh,
2: 250 goal season
1: at <laughs>
0: 35. Yeah, I mean, it sort of bucks the trend, though. Uh, we, we, we're thinking of sort of fitness and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, great hat trick for him, a, a marvellous evening. Uh, the Netherlands have only won two of their first seven games under Frank de Boer. Not really it's good, not it? looking for, for looking good for Frank the Farmer.
2: Or you you might say if you're a Palace fan, two out of seven games. I take
0: Ain't that. bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not too bad. I mean, you think about it. How well they went under old Ronnie Koeman Andy, and he now De Boer's um, in charge. It, 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 I mean, yeah, you know, okay. They were three 0 down. They they brought it back to three two. They have ultimately lost the game four two. That that record doesn't look too good and it's largely the same crop of players you'd say
2: I think the thing is as well they played quite naively in that I know people I know they're missing say, Van Dijk as well yeah also. I know people will say that but when they're 2-0 down in that game you think mm-hmm. you're probably standing there thinking hey, we've been the better team so far yeah and you know I think Turkey played them very very mm-hmm. smartly yeah, yeah. I and mean, it's different because they've got a very experienced coach in uh, Senor Gunez, Um mm-hmm. but that they, they look the part Turkey and of course Turkey have a, a defence that could turn into something really good with uh, mm. Ozan Kabak and uh, Charles
0: Absolutely, Andy. Absolutely. Uh, did you see that the uh, former Netherlands striker, Marco van Basten, who it's fair to say he didn't get... Well, he got the injury, really, so that was a, a great change for him. But he was reiterating his uh, belief yesterday that football should ditch the offside rule because he is convinced it would be more entertaining without it. Yeah. I mean, he, he said teams would find a way of playing without. It. If the attackers can move behind the defenders, there are much more possibilities for goals. It will make the defending more difficult. On the other hand, when you were defending, if there is no offside, you can always have one or two players far away. I'm not convinced. You're not convinced? No,
1: I mean it's uh, it would be the biggest change to the sport since probably the addition of the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be it'd be fascinating to see. Like part of me wonders if with the shrinking attention spans just of, of human beings in general, if this might actually become a bit more credible in the future. Oh, I like seems quite...
2: Andrea Agnelli,
1: Marcus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems quite
1: pie in the sky at the moment, doesn't it? But Van Basten's been banging this drum for a long time. He won't let it lie, no, will he? No, he won't. Exactly. He's really adamant about it. And which, given the, the way that Saki's Milan played, is quite interesting. Because mm-hmm. uh, they were, you know, very, very reliant on the offside trap. But... um, yeah, you know, I, I I wonder what would actually happen because the, the example that Van Basten cites is 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 with hockey, who removed their offside rule, and mm-hmm. apparently it's made the game a lot better and it flows a lot better. And obviously the different sports, but they they are comparable. There's, there are certain parallels there. Yeah, I would love to see it tested at least, just mm-hmm. to see to see what happened because tactics would have to evolve a lot, and they would they would. You know, they would change quite a bit. The sport would change quite a lot. And the danger is it would just be shit. It would be too easy or it just <laughs> well, would be too chaotic. Well, we've,
2: we've not been afraid, football has not been afraid to undertake changes that might make the sport more shit.
1: Yeah. But the, they don't rode back on them though. They're like,
0: VAR's not going away. Yeah. If VAR yeah. stays... Well, as... they rode back on, I mean, this is not quite the same, not quite impactful, but things like golden, gold and silver yeah, gold. Yeah, true. Which, yeah. again, I understand doesn't impact the game nearly as much as, as what we're talking about. So and the going, offside
2: rule has been constantly fiddled with.
0: It has
1: as, as as well. You would think perhaps all sorts of scoring records would would start to fall. It might be the sort of anno domini of football stats. Like just, it would be this huge, huge change. I mean, yeah. you, you're absolutely furious if you're Pippo and Zag exactly. exactly. Right?
2: <laughs> I, I mean, well, you I mean,
0: talk about strikers getting better. He's back in business if this happens. yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Crouch, get him back in come there. out get, for retirement. Get I think, the target man. This is for the target well, man. If, yeah. if you
2: don't ever have to run out of the penalty box.
0: yeah. I mean, I get had a big this man in sort in of
2: frisson last weekend when... Um,
0: Andy Carroll's going, come on. <laughs> exactly. When,
2: when Benevento, won, who Pippo and Zagging now coaches, mm-hmm. won at Juventus last weekend and against his old club, he not only celebrated the win, as he should, as he should. Uh, but he celebrated it like one of his goals on the touchline. It was
1: beautiful. Mm. It was
2: absolutely beautiful. I, think, I would love yeah, to see some
1: more of that. He would he would just wait in the goal, wouldn't he? So the ball came near, then pop out and score. Yeah, that's all you need, He'd mate. spend the whole game just chatting to the goalkeeper. You
0: need, you I, need a, a, a midfielder who can rake passes, sort of Kevin De Bruyne- do I even say John Joe Shelby? I think Newcastle quite set up for this. Mate, say Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> <laughs> John Joe Shelby and Andy Carroll. I can see that. rule gone, Newcastle. Shelby becoming the Patrick Mahomes of the Premier League. <laughs> I'm just saying Newcastle, Europa League, that's what they're looking at uh, if, they, if this rule comes in. You'd, you'd
2: get a lot of that Dion Dublin goal, wouldn't you, where he was stood behind, was it Shay Given who threw yeah. it out in front of him and yep. just snuck around mm, and, mm-hmm. and scored. You yeah. get a few of those goals. Now, I did like that goal. Mm-hmm. Whether I would like it if you had it like three times a game, I
0: don't know. But... I don't know, Andy. I don't know. Something you do like, Andy, is interviewing Fulham midfielders.
2: I do. And uh, there's a, a Ramble Meets out there. A Ramble Meets with a twist with uh, Fulham's Andre Frank, Zambo and Gisa, um, where it's, it's, it's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's, there's a video element to it. Um, mainly because it was in French and it needed to be subtitled. But it also gave him the opportunity to show me some of his favourite shirts from his career. And there's some crackers in there. I know that producer Charlie's coveting a few of them. So maybe, listeners, if you go and uh, watch it and give it enough likes, then... Frank might show his gratitude by sending Charlie one of his shirts. Outrageous. (laughs) outrageous. (laughs) I didn't say by sending me one of his shirts.
0: Dibs on the Cameroonian. I would take it off, Charlie. Go and give it a watch on our Instagram. You can find the link in today's synopsis. Right, let's have a quick break. I read something, uh, some, some quote from... Uh, The worst manager in the history of the Premier League, um, Frank De Boer, uh, seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals, where he was saying that uh, it's not good for Marcus Rashford to have um, a coach like me. If he was coached by Frank, he would learn how to lose uh, because he lost every game. And he he lost another one last night, Jose. Once again, Mourinho wins.
2: Uh, I mean, there can't be many times that you're listening to... Jose Mourinho speaking you think I really wish I was Arsene Wenger
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right ladies and gentlemen all this international football chaos and excitement has been marvellous of course let's just now calm it down let's bring it all down with one of my favourite jingles that we've been sent so far it's Toby Elliott's jingle again
1: If you got a new nickname for Pete, or oh, you're a big fan of Vish.
0: If you want Jules to swear at you, or you think Jim's a dish. If you like Kate's pop culture references, or got a Sven story for Speller. If you disagree with Luke, or think that Andy's far too clever, email show at footballramble.com. Football, Ramble,
2: it's beautiful, but I, I think I feel far too relaxed to read Yeah, the and it, I tell out. you what,
0: whenever I hear that jingle whatever I was wearing before the jingle I'm not wearing it (laughs) whenever I finish we're all now sat in smoking jackets and it's just it's absolutely glorious send your uh, jingles to showatfootballramble.com or you can tweet us like uh, Toby did at footballramble Uh, and my goodness you know there's some good ones thank you very much for all those who have sent them in right Andy
2: Uh, Will Bennett is definitely in his smoking jacket he says I have further evidence to back up Mr Campbell's definitely serious claim that Jose Mourinho is still working for Chelsea (laughs) I was listening to a retro ramble back from the 2013-14 season because yes I do have a lot going on thank you very much for asking (laughs) when some (laughs) comments from our anti-hero Jose Mourinho were being discussed fresh from scoring a hat-trick for West Brom that got Sir Alex sacked Romelu Lukaku <laughs> didn't get a look in at Mourinho's Chelsea. Instead, he was loaned out to Everton with Jose opposite opting for the proven striker, Fernando Torres, even though he was proven shit.
0: Well, oh. oh, we've on. got to get through this. We've got to
2: get through this. Right, okay. This is Will's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- th- this looked even worse once Lukaku started the season firing them in. Whilst Chelsea's attack was blunt. But was this a mistake by the special one? Was it fuck? Jose. <laughs> tried to claim that loaning Lukaku out was an ingenious way to take points off his rivals. Is this starting to sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Have we stumbled upon one of the biggest conspiracies the Premier League, nay the sport of association football, nay the concept of sport itself (laughs) have ever seen?
0: The plot thickens, Jim. The plot
1: does indeed thicken. It's looking more and more likely that he is still...
0: Involved with Chelsea. Get your Jose Mourinho, get your evidence in this uh, yeah, ongoing of, get yeah. Jim Campbell investigation, conspiracy <laughs> ev- evidence in. <laughs> Exactly. Jim, I mm. believe you got an email.
1: I do, from Matt Greenman. He's been in touch. He says, I wanted to add to your stories about incidents with those lightweight plastic cheap footballs or floaters as we used yeah, to I, call I, them. Yeah, I used to call them floaters. Some people yeah. say penny, penny, penny floaters. floaters. Yeah. I,
0: we would just say floaters, which I know does sort of suggest, you know, a, a little piece of jobby hanging around in a, <laughs> in a sort of a, a railway toilet or something a like that. little piece yeah. Anyway, we bees jobby. Picture really the scene. scene. <laughs> it's summer
1: 1999, Tenerife, and a bunch of wide eyed 18 year olds head off for their first full
0: on lads holiday. I'd
1: imagine there'd be a lot of sounds like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just it, lads get together and don't really use words anymore. Don't do need it. them. Spells, uh, would
2: you have been 18 in 1999? Were you on this holiday?
1: Not yet. Not yet. I was coming up 18 mm. next year. All right. So, uh, This being the case, one of our group had not applied any sun cream to his legs, so the sun proceeded to turn his shins red raw and cover them in huge yellow blisters. He spent the next few days in bed, unable to walk, but one evening joined us on the beach as we had a kickabout with a freshly purchased floater. (laughs) Despite not being any kind of footballer and still suffering from the aftermath of his first day, Fry Fest, he ended up in goal. You know where this is going. Within 15 seconds, one of the lads decided to comically smash the ball as hard as he could and despite the fact it was nowhere near going in the direction of the goals, it almost immediately took a major turn and headed directly towards him. Boom! The ball crashed directly against his shins out of nowhere. The noise was like the crack of Indiana Jones' whip against bubble wrap as his blisters burst oh, open. We all fell on. silent. He fell over, wincing in pain, cursing the physics-defying floater and further regretting his lack of sun cream oh. on day one. Always wear sun cream. Yeah. 18-year-olds. We... <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that. I'm like so half
0: hearted. Yeah, well, that's it. I think that most of them would have been concerned, but you would have had a couple going, Rrr. oh, yeah, without doubt. Blistered Barry, doubt. that he's probably called now or yeah. something like that. <laughs> exactly. So that's from Matt Greenman. Um, Whatever we are. Show at footballramble.com is the email address, everybody. Right, back to uh, international football of sorts, ladies and gentlemen. Set Blatter has suffered another setback. Come on, Jimmy! Doesn't it? Ah, oh, doesn't it make oh, you feel good? It, I've, I've missed these little updates in a way. We used to. It's, it is a bit like uh, years ago, of course, before FIFA. You know all that massive investigation, Andrew Jennings' crucial work, and then the FBI got involved and so on. Obviously, you'd get outraged by the likes of Blatter and Jack Warner and all these kind of figures. But there was like a bit of a thrill of the chase, even yeah, though they weren't yeah. actually chasing anybody.
1: But there was a the thrill of sort of highlighting this stuff going on. Well, the fact that they were just, you know, they were so clearly up to no good. <laughs> it was absolutely outrageous. Yeah. And and then when it all came crashing down, that was
0: hilarious. But it's, it's not over, is it? There's another chapter. Well, there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. FIFA has announced that Set Blatter has been given a new ban of six years and eight months from football. Which, we, which we're which very much uh, thumbs-upping. Um, his original suspension in 2015 was due to finish in October, but FIFA's ethics committee have found Blatter to be in breach of rules concerning duty of loyalty, conflicts of interest, and offering or accepting gifts or other benefits. Former Secretary-General Jerome Valka, you remember him, um, he's got the same punishment, but it went one better with him because he breached the same rules plus abuse of position. Uh, The investigation also found that Blatter, Valka and others had set up a scheme through which they were allowing themselves to obtain extraordinary benefits with a minimum of effort. (laughs) Now, people might say, is that not just working smart, Andy? Is that not the capitalist dream?
2: I think the supporting documents are interesting Mm -hmm. because you see not just the amount of money they took in, but the amount of money they took in through bonuses, yeah. like beyond their actual salary, mm. and the amount that Valka was getting as well, it, it's extraordinary. Mm. That's what it's I mean. Absolutely
0: so, extraordinary. So I mean, that is the word. Is like the extraordinary benefits with with a minimum effort. I mean, it's like uh, yeah, three lunches proper a day, proper
1: gravy train.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's just ridiculous. So, yeah, we're glad that that's been highlighted again. And it's always mm. good to remind ourselves of what's going on at FIFA just, house.
1: Just, I love that they've banned him again for six years. It's like, wait till he's nearly, nearly back and then we'll ban him again. Just so there is absolutely no chance he can get his grubby bits back
0: near football again. Very much so. and of course... Yeah, and it's
2: so clean these days. So, you know, I think FIFA's, FIFA's in a good place, isn't it?
0: Yeah, um, did you see that the the, the um, CAF the CAF elections uh, were decided a couple of weeks ago? Patrice Motsipa was elected after uh, the other three candidates all stepped aside following a meeting with Gianni Infantino. There you go. Yeah. There so, you go. Uh, Infantino he stressed the importance of team spirit. at uh, at Big Patrice's uh, inauguration.
1: He's a billionaire who made his money in the mining industry, so I'm sure that's exactly what's needed. He's going to have five vice presidents as
0: well, which is very Unai Emery. (laughs) (laughs) It is a bit, yeah. Yeah, so uh, look forward to... uh... So, hearing more about FIFA, perhaps in, in the in the mm. coming uh, months, years, whatever it may be, ladies and gentlemen, do not take your eyes off the them. story. Ain't over yet. <laughs> uh, what about this, gentlemen? Speaking of extraordinary uh, happenings, uh, now we've been enjoying the career of Pierre Gignac in uh, in Mexico, and he's scoring absolute hatfuls of goals. And so on and so forth. Always trust a man with a three-letter acronym. That's what I say. Absolutely mm. right. Absolutely right. Well, in 2010, um, he was considering a move to one of Valencia, Marseille, or Liverpool. And he revealed this week that Valencia posted him a big slab of ham to try and convince him to join them. <laughs> I love that. That would have genuinely would have worked for me. Yeah, well, he said... Yeah,
2: but he's Gignac. Mm. You send him one. I mean, I think when you <laughs> receive the one, you think no way mate you don't know
1: nothing about me I'm holding out for a yeah. couple here he said I promise you it made me want to go there yeah. I promise you I love that <laughs> it's, it's amazing I'm chatting to his agent imagine it like, yeah, Marseille are offering uh, three year deal 50k a week uh, appearance bonuses goal bonuses they'll take care of your accommodation mm-hmm. to let, help you settle however long that takes oh that's brilliant Is anything else yeah, Valencia have sent some ham. There's no, no further details. Just, just a ham with Valencia's crest on it. I think it's from them. So there is that. Yeah, that's class,
0: I think.
2: I mean, I don't know what Marseille must have included, like a swimming pool's worth of bouillabaisse, perhaps. Maybe. The fish stew they make there. What about Liverpool? That's a good question. What what food do you associate with Liverpool? I
1: don't know. I don't know. Let us know. There's probably some regional delicacy
0: we're we're not aware of. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Um, uh, It's clear, though, what attracts Marcelo Bielsa to a club in Spain. Uh, The video of his presentation uh, for uh, Athletic Bilbao in 2001 has been translated into English. And amidst all the tactical insight, he says um, in 2011, he says, I'm excited about the beautiful bus the club has. Odd man, very odd man. Is that? And I'm delighted that he's so odd and that we get to enjoy him. True. Maybe that was a tactical thing. Maybe he was the one to uh, to start the whole part of the bus trend. But Mm. he said unlikely with the type of football he played. Though
2: he he said that at the beginning. But with his attention to detail, he will have turned up before the first pre-season friendly and said, "I'm I'm not happy with the bumpers." We've got to get them replaced. Do you think? And produced a diagram with the exact specification <laughs> and the exact material that they uh-huh. must be
0: made from. With a little sticker on the, uh, on the window saying, honk if you're horny. <laughs> exactly. Geary <laughs> <I mean>, um, <laughs> me. Well, uh, I, 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 one of his uh, fellow countrymen, George Valdano, uh, he claimed in a new book that um, Diego Maradona practised the hand of God on the training crown before the uh, the famous match in 1986 uh, in the quarterfinal against England. Valdana said, I wasn't surprised when he scored that way against England. I could sense some doubt in his goal celebration when we embraced him. He said, to the kickoff, quick! I ran back very quickly.
1: It's hilarious to me that he practised this, if he indeed did practise it. Because it's just the absolute commitment to mm. getting one over is is amazing. It's the hand that keeps on cheating, isn't it? It's <laughs> flicking the visa through the ages and the thing that really makes me laugh about all those old England players that were involved or people from the game at the time is that they, they're still f- furious about it. They'll never get over it. And they spit feathers saying like, yeah, he he cheated, he cheated. Like yeah. they're pointing out something that he isn't wasn't openly doing. It's like yeah, of course he cheated. He che- his whole thing is that he cheated openly, and then we can go fuck ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's his position. <laughs> yeah, like he's not claiming otherwise. You being angry about it is what he wanted. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like it, Shilton and Butcher are the main offenders there, whereas, yeah. it, whereas actually, clearly, Garolinica has, has moved on many, many Quite. moons ago, and also Peter Reed, who was actually kissed. The uh the, the right? hand of yeah, I thought Maradona. I thought you were going
2: to say Peter Shilton has moved on many many moons ago
0: certainly not um they, I assume it was in a hotel bar um you, you no I think so. I think it was, it was in Dubai when Maradona was managing out there was a video of them chatting and he went like that and he sort of kissed the hand and he was joking around Peter Reid's got much better things to do than worry about a football match in does. exactly um, so there we are speaking though gentlemen of England as we sort of were they're on tonight against San Marino big one Andy big one.
2: Isn't it just? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Um, now, there's been a little bit of chat, and I, and I know that it's obviously it is, it is only San Marino and so on, but we, we're... Oh, do you hear that? Big licks there. What's the, that? The digs you're putting in at San Marino
1: there. That's a, that's, they're going to use that as motivation, Marcus. I think that's Here what it is. You undermine them gonna, like that. Imagine
0: if they did. Imagine if the San imagine... Marino manager, they got a point or something, and he said, well, we listened to the football ramble beforehand. It'd be a nice bit of publicity for us, though, Andy. Yeah, it'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Front three for England. Then. I think
2: that's what they did in uh, 1993 in that game where they scored in the first 10 seconds. Well,
0: this is it. Whenever England play San Marino, I think, keep it tight for the first 10 seconds. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that is always my <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, because we don't want that uh, embarrassment again. But, but, but England, though, we've got some games coming up. There's a lot of chat about, you know, England's front three, da da Any immediate thoughts, Jim, on that? Because it, it, who do you support, who do you put around Harry Kane? Now, this is interesting which formation Southgate goes with because he seems to like a back three because he's not sure about England's defence, mm. yeah. which you can understand. Although John Stones' performances this season will ha- are quite timely. And I don't think Harry Maguire is as bad as people made out. I think no. they look at the price tag and I think, you look at for Manchester United, he's been sort of fairly steady. I understand there's a rick or two there, but... Tell me a defender in the world, you know, there's very few at the moment that you would say is imperious.
2: Central defences are all about partnerships, aren't they? Yes. So you just need someone who's going to cover his weak points.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's what. And Stones and Maguire have played uh, plenty of international football together. But but I understand his his reluctance to play a back four. He wants the back three. Get the wing backs. Uh, uh, further up the pitch. Well, he likes playing
1: so Kyle Walker in there as well, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Which gives you that sort of marauding mm-hmm. kind of spare man, which has worked really well in the World Cup. I mean, it, you do wor- you do worry that things like that might be three years out of date. Yeah, and this, there are you know there are hints in the in the squad that that could happen.
0: Um, but my pro- my problem is is that I understand the back three. I understand the front three. I want England to play three five three. Uh, and have an extra man on the pitch, essentially. But <laughs> I, I, I always worry with that, with a flat four, with just two in the middle, because you don't have y- Yuri Thielamont, you don't have a young Patrick Vieira yeah. or Roy Keane or somebody like that in there. Yeah. I know Henderson's a very good player.
2: That's where Jude Bellingham's going to come in. Well, in course.
0: I mean, there's a lot of hope there, Andy. Yeah, with there Bellingham. is. And
2: it's, it's it's nice that he's actually been able to come as well, and due to the law ask. changes.
0: It is, but it's a huge ask for a young player to play alongside, say, Declan Rice would probably be the one you could say him and henderson in there but i mean henderson's going to start for england when he's fit and when when the big games come around yeah mm. but I, I think what do you think though
2: i i think when you when you look at a game against san marino i mean what better opportunity mm-hmm. is is there and to say that is a lot to ask from bellingham a lot has been asked from bellingham all along since he was given his birmingham debut mm-hmm. since he cost
1: 25 million sure, quid and they his shirt
0: number. But you're talking yeah, about yeah. the games against, you know, that are going to come against say like Poland or something like that and then into the Euros. Do you think England should play a 3-4-3 or do you think they should go 4-3-3 which allows them because you, you, with a 4-3-3, you can have Sterling and maybe Grealish alongside Kane, but you could even tuck Foden into that midfield three or Mason Mount, you know, a bit more attacking, that kind of thing. I'd like to see Foden start. Because I feel with the, the players England have, you have 3-4-3. Yes, OK, you get the the, the full backs, act like wing backs and so on. Mm. Yes, you have your front three, but you miss out on 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 a lot of those players who you think about the way Lingard and Ali played in a 3-5-2 in that midfield. I think you can have a bit of that. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be that disappointed. Actually, if he went I, three five two again, I,
2: I think you have a three four three. It makes the most of the players that are in. Do there. you think
0: that's the one then? Yeah, I I do. But you don't because, worry about that central because, because central two.
2: No, because I I tend to think the the the, the three tend to be a bit narrower mm-hmm. when when you've got a th- when you when you've got a three four three, mm-hmm. which I think suits the sort of players you've got, and obviously not for this, but going forward. I'm thinking about how you would work Grealish into that team, for example. And that's something that a three-four-three would make the most of, Would But do you I not think,
0: though, then, that it, well, you would either be picking, you, you would be missing out on, uh, you know, two or three of Grealish, Foden, Mount, who he really likes. You know, you don't yeah. fit mm. them all in because it's going to be Kane and it, and it will be Sterling. I think it will be Kane, mm. Sterling and Mount. Yeah, that's what I mean. Favored. And so, therefore, the you moment. miss out on, on, on some of those players. My preference, I, I wouldn't mind to revert back to the four three three, 3 3 Back think,
2: four every time you use bells.
0: No, not every time. Three five two in the World Cup was good. Well, there we are, ladies and We'll see what uh, South is going to do. Um, no doubt, uh, uh, Kate, Luke and Andy yourself will be uh, talking about that tomorrow uh, and looking ahead to uh, some of the games on the weekend. So, thank you very much for listening to the football ramble today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Andy Brassel. Thank you. Thank you, Jim Carroll. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Tune in tomorrow. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.